0: Today we find ourselves again in the 14th chapter of Mark, where, where Jesus is betrayed by one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot. We find the story, Mark 14:43 through 52. Let me, let me read it for you. It says, just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the 12, appeared. Went with him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. The men seized Jesus and arrested him. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus? that you have come with swords and clubs to capture me. Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. But but the scripture must be fulfilled, and then everyone deserted him and fled. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. Let's pray. Dear, dear Father, we thank you so very much for this story, and we thank you so very much for the example that we see it in Jesus. And God, as his disciples today have gathered together, I, I pray that we will learn from this story about the life that we need to live for him. And so God, speak to us this morning. May our ears and hearts be open to your truth. And may we not be just hearers of your word, but help us to be doers of it as well. We pray all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. There are many heroic stories that came out of the terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001. But probably most heroic was what happened that day on United Flight 93. That plane was hijacked by four hijackers with knives. And one of those hijackers had a bomb strapped around his waist. That plane was headed for the nation's capital. The hijackers took over the cockpit in first class and forced the passengers and the crew to the back of the plane. It was back there that the passengers and crew came up with a plan to jump the hijacker with the bomb and try to take back control of the plane. A man named Todd Beamer was part of that group. And the last words heard on the on-air telephone that day were were Todd's words, You ready? Okay, let's roll. And because of this group's bravery, our nation's capital was spared. But all 44 people on board were killed when the plane crashed in a field around 80 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. I believe that it was in that same kind of heroic spirit that Jesus spoke to his disciples after spending several hours in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember, he had spent those hours praying and preparing for the suffering that lay ahead for him. At the same time, his disciples, even his three closest disciples, spent those hours sleeping and thus they were totally unprepared for what laid ahead. I want you to hear what Jesus said to his disciples, Mark 14, 41 and 42, two verses right before today's scripture. It says, Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour is come. Look, for the son, look, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hand of sinners. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. In some ways, Jesus was echoing Todd Beamer's final words. You ready? Okay, let's roll. See, Jesus had a life mission that he was ready to fulfill. He had repeatedly told his disciples that his life mission was to save those who were spiritually lost. To give his life as a ransom for many. And though Jesus had some struggles with that life mission in the garden that night, God strengthened him in a prayer time that he had with him, and he was ready. He was ready to give his life for people's salvation. From that moment onward, Jesus stayed focused on fulfilling his life mission. From the betrayal here to his crucifixion, he stayed focused on fulfilling his life mission. And that is a lesson that Jesus wanted his disciples to learn back then. And that is a lesson that he wants his disciples like us to learn today. Staying focused on fulfilling the life mission that Jesus has given us. It is a mission to share the message of Jesus and his eternal salvation... Now now may Jesus' example this morning challenge us to stay focused on fulfilling that life mission. As he stayed focused on his life mission, despite what happened to him, we must stay focused on our life mission, despite what may happen to us. First of all this morning... Jesus stayed focused on fulfilling his life mission in spite of Judas's hurtful betrayal. That is where today's scripture begins, Mark 14, 43 through 45. Just as he was speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, appeared, and with him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him and lead him away under guard. Going at once to Jesus, Judas said, Rabbi, and kissed him. Judas led a crowd of people armed with swords and clubs. According to the other gospels, in that crowd were the Jewish temple police as well as Roman soldiers, who all came to arrest Jesus. And Judas immediately went up to Jesus and called him rabbi and kissed him to indicate to the crowd which man they were to arrest. The term rabbi was a term of respect, a student for their teacher, but the truth is Judas had no respect for Jesus And a kiss is a sign of uh, of expression, it is an expression of love and friendship, but it was used by Judas as a sign of betrayal. And the kiss of betrayal seemed to be especially hurtful to Jesus. Look at Luke 22, 47 and 48. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up And the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? I mean, such hypocrisy. Judas was acting like he was a friend, and yet he was treating Jesus like an enemy. Now, Now, that had to hurt However, Jesus did not let Judas's hurtful betrayal hinder him from fulfilling his life mission. And we must not let the hurtful betrayals in our lives to hinder us from fulfilling our mission for Jesus. I mean, probably all of us have experienced a friend who has turned on us, or a fellow Christian who has turned their back on Jesus, and we can find such disloyalty troubling and discouraging. But we still have a mission, an important mission to get out the message of Jesus, his grace, and his forgiveness. Second, Jesus stayed focused on fulfilling his life mission in spite of the the soldiers' unjust arrest. Mark describes it briefly. Mark 14, 46, the men seized Jesus and arrested him. But John's gospel gives us kind of a fuller picture, John 18, 3 through 9. So Judas came to the grove, guiding a detachment of soldiers and some officials from the chief priests and Pharisees. They were carrying torches, lanterns, and weapons. Jesus, knowing that, Jesus, knowing that all, all that was going to happen to him, went out and asked, Who is it you want? Jesus of Nazareth, he replied. They replied, I am he, Jesus said. And Judas the betrayer was standing there with them. When Jesus says, I am he, they drew back and fell on the ground. Again, he asked them, who is it you want? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. I told you that I am he, Jesus answered. If you are looking for me, then let these men go. This happened so that the words he had spoken would be fulfilled. I have not lost one of those you gave me. It is amazing that the Jewish leaders sent so many well-equipped warriors to arrest one man. But see, they were afraid of what might happen when they tried to arrest Jesus. But Jesus showed no fear. He told them boldly that he was the man that they were looking for. And when Jesus said, I am he, these warriors drew back and fell on the ground. That's kind of amazing. I mean, we're not exactly sure why they did that. It may have been that they were startled by Jesus' boldness. That they may have been shocked by Jesus' claim of divinity when he says, I am. I'm the I am or perhaps they were just overwhelmed with Jesus' power and authority. These soldiers were certainly surprised that Jesus surrendered so willingly. Though Jesus knew that this was an unjust arrest, he also knew that this was all a part of God's plan. It was a part of fulfilling Scripture. It was a part of Jesus' life mission. Notice what Jesus said to the crowd, Mark 14, verses 48 and 49. Am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus? What what, you have come, but am I leading a rebellion, said Jesus, that you have come out with swords and clubs to capture me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me, but the scriptures must be fulfilled. While Jesus willingly submitted to the arrest, he fearlessly protested the way that the arrest had been done. He was not some fugitive hiding in the darkness. His ministry had been a very open and public ministry. He could have been arrested at any time. But again, Jesus knew that this was all a part of God's plan, and he was willing to follow God's plan. And we equally need to be willing to follow God's plan in our lives, to live out our life mission. I mean, let's face it, there are many injustices in our world. Unfounded criticisms, false accusations, unfair criticisms, unfair prejudices, undeserved hatred, and injustice like that can keep, get us off course spiritually. However, we need to learn this lesson from Jesus that in spite the injustices of life, we still have a mission, an important mission, to get out the message of Jesus, his love, and his salvation. Third, Jesus stayed focused on fulfilling his life mission in spite of Peter's mistaken defense. Mark again describes this quickly, Mark 14, 47. Then one of those standing near drew his sword and struck the servant of the the high priest, cutting off his ear. John's Gospel tells us that the disciple Peter was the one who cut off the ear, and the name of the servant that he struck and cut off his ear was Malchus. Peter had just boasted to Jesus that he was willing to die for him. And in that moment, he was going to prove it. He was going to take on this team of soldiers and police with a little sword, his little sword. Not a good idea. As one commentator put it, he had not only boasted too much and prayed too little but he also acted too violently. Listen now, Jesus responded to what Peter had done in Mark, excuse me, Matthew 26, 52 through 54. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call on my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels? But how then would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen in this way? Jesus obviously didn't want Peter to defend him with physical force. And more than that, he didn't need Peter to defend him. I mean, if Jesus wanted, he could have called his his father for help, and he would have sent 72,000 angels to defend him. But that's not what's supposed to happen according to the Scriptures. And again, Jesus was focused on fulfilling what the Bible taught. See, he was committed to fulfilling his life mission, whatever the circumstance. And in the end, according to Luke, Jesus stepped in and healed Malchus's ear, which prevented Peter from being arrested along with Jesus and possibly killed. Peter was mistakenly focused on what he could do. Jesus was rightly focused on what God can do. Peter was mistakenly focused on the physical. Jesus was rightly focused on the spiritual. Peter was mistakenly focused on doing his own thing. Jesus was rightly focused on doing God's thing. Peter was mistakenly focused on hate and revenge. Jesus was rightly focused on love and grace. Now, as a result, Peter got off mission, but Jesus stayed on mission, God's mission for his life. And and we must do the same. Let's just face it, though, that there are thousands of things that can get us off course spiritually, that can get us off course our spiritual mission as disciples of Jesus. Among them are distraction and conflict and division and temptation, false teaching, busyness, fear, deception, suffering, and many other things. And let's face it, Satan has used many of those things at times to keep us from fulfilling the mission that Jesus has given us to get out the message. But people, we must not make the same mistake that Peter made in failing to fulfill his life mission. Instead, we need to follow Jesus' example of fulfilling his life mission regardless of the cost Let me emphasize it again. We have a mission that Jesus wants us to complete regardless of the cost. It is an important mission to get out the message of Jesus, his suffering, and our cleansing. And then fourth and finally, Jesus stayed focused on fulfilling his life mission in spite of the disciples' fearful desertion. This is the last frame of today's story. Mark 14, verses 50 through 52. Then everyone deserted him and fled. A young man wearing nothing but a linen garment was following Jesus. When they seized him, he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. Jesus that night had been abandoned by all of his disciples though they had declared just moments before that they were willing to die with Jesus, they all deserted him, and they all fled in fear. That was exactly what Jesus had predicted, that they would fall away, and they all fell away, leaving Jesus to suffer by himself. Only Mark recorded this strange event of a young man who was following Jesus Wearing only a garment without any undergarments, maybe like pajamas. Possibly he was in bed that night when he heard this large crowd of people pass by his house as they left the city. And they were talking about arresting Jesus. The young man, who was possibly Mark, decided to get up and go along with the crowd and see what was going to happen with Jesus. The, a rabbi who he himself had followed. Then then when one of the soldiers, soldiers seized him, he wanted to get out of there so badly that he left his linen garment behind and ran through the crowd naked rather than stay with Jesus. The point of this story is that Jesus is left all alone. Everyone has abandoned him. Mark may have never named this young man because in some way it represents everyone who deserves Jesus and abandons him. It really should make each of us think about our own lives and our own relationships with Jesus and how ready we might be to stand with him or how willing we might be to abandon him. We, like his first disciples, have made a commitment to Jesus, but how faithfully are we living out that commitment: Back on April 20, 1999, Eric Harris and Dylan Keebold went on a shooting rampage at Callenby High School near Littleton, Colorado. They murdered 12 students and a teacher that day and wounded 23 other people. Among their victims was a, a, a young lady named Cassie Brunel. Eric Harris found Cassie hiding under a computer desk. He knelt down beside her and asked, do you believe in God? When she said yes, Harris killed her. The question is, what would you have done? How would you have answered that question if it could mean losing your life? Or or put yourself in today's story A night when Jesus, Judas Iscariot, a disciple of Jesus, betrayed him. A night when all the other disciples abandoned him. What would you have done? Would you have deserted him like all the other disciples? Or maybe betrayed him like Judas? Jesus was focused. He was focused on fulfilling his life mission in spite of Judas's hurtful betrayal, in spite of the soldiers' unjust arrest, in spite of Peter's mistaken defense, and in spite of the disciples' fearful desertion. And you know, Jesus wants that same from us as his disciples. He wants us to stay focused on fulfilling our life mission of getting out his message, the message of his sacrifice and the gift of eternal life getting out that message, even if others abandon him. Do you know what words I'd like you to hear in your head this week when you you think about this story? I want you to hear those words from Todd Beamer, but from Jesus' mouth and that spirit. You ready? Okay. Let's roll. Let's get to the task that God has given us. Let's fulfill our life mission and get out the message of Jesus. As we close, let me share some practical applications with you. Three things I think we need to do as a result of this morning's message. Number one, reflect on how Jesus fulfilled his life mission of saving people. From from his betrayal by Judas to his death by crucifixion. We're going to look at the rest of that story. But just realize, I mean, he's fulfilling his mission. He's fulfilling scripture. Second, realize that Jesus wants you as one of his disciples to follow his example and fulfill your life mission of sharing Jesus and a sacrifice. He told us repeatedly that we need to go and make other disciples. We need to go and to share the gospel message He said that repeatedly. That's our mission. That's that's the most important mission that we have as a church and the most important mission that we have as individual believers. And then last of all, with the help of the same Holy Spirit who helped Jesus, stay focused on fulfilling your life mission of sharing Jesus and his salvation with others. That's the work that he's given us. Now, You ready? Okay. Let's roll. Let me pray. Dear Father, again, we thank you so very much for this opportunity to share. And what a challenge your son has given us. A challenge to fulfill our life mission regardless of the cost. And so God, help us to get out your message. Help us to reflect your love and to share your love story. Be with us now. Lead us onward. Lead us upward. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. We want to thank you all for for listening this morning. And uh, we we just pray uh, that God will again be at work in your life. Maybe for some of you, you're not believers, but hopefully through this message, you know the gospel story. You know what Jesus did for you. And so our challenge is just receive him as Lord and Savior. And that if you're already a Christian, live for him. Get out his message. Because there are those in our community that need to know that message. Again, as always, we we do thank you for listening. We look forward to sharing with you every Sunday on the radio. But you're also welcome to share with us on Sunday morning as we assemble at church. We pray God's blessing upon you in the week ahead. Have a great week. God bless.